Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 33, featuring the top five Kira Norris episodes. Peldar Joy, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse, and I am the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast. And this week, we're about to have one of our very own orb experiences. We're looking into the orb of contemplation, and we're coming up with our top five Kira Norris episodes. Kira is definitely one of my all-time favorite characters in Star Trek history. And in fact, you can find her ranked in the top five on my character ranks at trekranks.com. And since this is the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, we uh, we thought we'd do a Kira Norris episode. Earlier in the in the year, we did our top five Ben Sisko episodes, and that was an awesome uh, awesome episode. And on that episode with us is one of our favorite Trekkies. He's here in the room with us, the Miranda class himself, Mr. Carlos Miranda. He's usually in the London sector, but he's in the Los Angeles quadrant today. Carlos, welcome back to the show, buddy. Uh, thank you so much. It's awesome to be here, and it's uh, kind of surreal to be here, like in your house, like looking at you as we as as we do this and playing with all my Star Trek stuff. I am, I am, and, uh, and yeah, like I told, it, yeah, putting everything in the wrong place. place. I don't like that. Exactly, I'm doing it on purpose. Also with us, another Trek ranks veteran. She was uh, with us recently for our top five high concept Enterprise episodes. She is Jen Tift, and we're fired up to have her back as well. Another great Trekkie. Jen, are you there? Hi. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. This <laughs> show is going to be fantastic. We love Kira Norris, and we love Deep Space Nine. We do indeed. Yes. No, no question. All right, Carlos, Jen, let's do a quick general order number one reset here at Trek Ranks. And that starts with the fact that we love Trek. And the Trek Ranks podcast is all about all the reasons that we love Star Trek. And we like to rank Trek via some deep dive topics just to help get the conversation started. Because quite literally, my favorite thing to do is to talk about Star Trek. And as the Vulcan master likes to remind us each week, the main driver for all of our discussion here at the Trek Ranks podcast is... Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. Our mantra here is no wrong answers. We're not here to nitpick or to argue, but just to celebrate the greatness of Trek. We love it all from TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise and the Kelvin timeline, and now Discovery as well. It's all fair game here on the Trek Rings podcast. And I think most of you have probably heard all that before, but we like to reset every week with some of our, if there's any newcomers jumping into Trek Rings for the first time. And on that note, just a reminder that our entire back catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and at the tricordertransmissions.com because one of the beauties of our show is that each episode is pretty timeless. You can uh, listen in any order. And if you're familiar with Star Trek, we think you'll find each of our topics here fun and familiar. So if you haven't gone back to listen to any old episodes, we highly encourage you to do that. Hailing frequencies are open. If you would like to contact Trek Ranks directly, the best way to do that is find us on Twitter at Trek Ranks and at Enterprise Extra. 
You can also call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. And please consider any voicemail message you leave an audition to be on the show because we want to hear from you. Our show is definitely better when we hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook at the Tricorder Transmissions. And for those of you enjoying all of our shows here at the network, you can, you can support us at patreon.com slash the Tricorder Transmissions. All right, to wrap all that up, Carlos and Jen, we'd like to tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, Jen. Yeah, uh, the best way to get a hold of me is also on Twitter. I'm at eat at quarks, and please feel free to to uh, message me, and we'll talk some trek. I uh, forgot to put that in my notes. One of my all time favorite Twitter handles. It's a great Twitter handle, <laughs> Carlos. Thank how about you. you? Um, I'm also on Twitter regularly. Ninety percent of my tweets are about Star Trek, and it's uh, my Twitter handle is at double mac. Because when I'm not tweeting about Star Trek, I'm tweeting about coffee and uh, double macchiatos are my jam. So if I was at Quarks, that's what I would order. Forget a wrapped genome. I'm sure it's on the menu. Two great Twitter follows. I highly recommend you follow Carlos and Jen. All right. I think we're ready to activate our level one diagnostic. Diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds. So for our character topics like this one, we like to get the conversation started with a real simple question. And that is, what is the one word that you would use to describe Kira Nerys? So Jen, let's start with you. If I had to pick one, it's fierce. Oh, she wow. is fierce. She's fierce in her body. She's fierce in her mind. She's fierce in her spirit. Everything about her, everything she does, she's you know, she's obviously strong, great uh, fighter, but she's also, you know, she's a strategic genius. She solves mysteries. She's insightful and she's a survivor. She's fierce. I love that. Yeah. I think that that's going to go well with, uh, with mine as well. So, Carlos, how about you? What's your, what's your one word to describe Kira? Um, just to kind of build on what Jen said, um, I'd say passionate. I think that yes. Kira is a very... What, you know, whatever it is, she's she's like all in. She's very passionate. I feel like um, we'll talk about this in greater detail. But for the most part, I think for most of her tenure on DS Nine, she's um, acts first, thinks later. She's very like she's very emotional, very very passionate about everything that she does, whether it's her religion, her devotion to you know friends, to Odo, whatever it is. It is this like she's just a passionate, passionate person, um, and it, you know she's my all time favorite character on track oh wow uh, I, I love that i just uh i just like having carlos in the room with us there. it's amazing <laughs> keep someday, staring someday. into my <laughs> eyes I'm, I'm feeling very uncomfortable stop that all right so for me uh you know i think kira everyone knows a lot of things major colonel freedom fighter terrorist whatever you want to label her and the one word that i think jumps out to me that i always think of when i think of her is determined and that yes. goes along with Fierce pretty well, I think. I, she's the single most determined character I think we've ever seen in Trek, whether it's driving the Cardassians off of, yeah. of her home world during the occupation or serving her faith in the prophets or fighting the Dominion. She's always got this never-say-die attitude, and it's at the, the core of everything she does. So I don't, think, I don't think you can put any obstacles in front of her where she's ever going to quit or not just uh, see something through to the end time and time again. 
I mean, she helps Cardassia in their liberation yeah. at one point. Yeah. And she's opposed. I, I wasn't even thinking she opposed Cisco and Cassidy's wedding because the prophets yeah. said yeah. that's bad news. And yeah. she, she just is always determined in her beliefs and the things that she does. So rightly or wrongly, which is which exactly is like, like she chased her Dejara because yeah. some nut job. I know. Said, uh, <laughs> she's like, should. I have to be an artist. And she's like, okay. All right. I'm yeah. determined yeah. to be an artist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh she worked hard on that bird. <laughs> she did. She really did. She Hashtag. really did. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> all right. With all that in mind, let's get into our prime directives. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our prime directive. Define prime directive. So, Jen, how did you narrow down your list and make your picks? Well, so what's your what's your prime directive basically for this uh, okay the key factors for for picking your Kira episodes? This is this is really tough. I had I had two that I knew right away were my, are just my favorite Kira personal favorite Kira moments, uh, but then you know I kept writing down all these wonderful badass Kira mom- moments, and I try to think okay, well what's gonna put one of these above the others in the top five, and I couldn't come up with some you know like one. Uh, central theme there's so many different aspects to her fierceness so I just stuck with fierce as my theme and showed different uh, you know different ways that she has shown us how absolutely fierce she is so that that, that was my thinking so it plays with your word as yeah well. yeah like all right Carlos how about you um, mine was actually the complete opposite to Jen. I, I immediately, I knew that there was one I had to pick because actually, um, we'll talk about this later. It's probably one of the most kind of, in, um, personal episodes of Star Trek for me ever. So I will, we'll talk about it a little bit later. So immediately I knew that there was one at one, one episode, but you know, I've watched every, every, every episode of New Space Nine, I don't know, countless times. And, um, I actually immediately knew what the best Kira moments or Kira episodes were. And, you know, you know, you, you can think, we all know what they are in many respects, what the top episodes are. So I really kind of tasked myself with thinking about particular moments or episodes that are, that are a little bit off the beaten path. Not totally, for, you know, not all of them are going to be surprising or anything, but I tried to make myself think a little bit outside of the box. And rather than kind of commit to one aspect of Kira in preparation for this, um, as I was Ubering over here, um, and, pre- and preparing for this, I took it very seriously, Jim. Um, I was, um, I read a, a quote from Nana Visitor where she says that Kira, she basically says, Kira has come full circle. Um, this is, she was being interviewed after what, um, after the finale aired, and she goes, that Kira has come full circle. She's in the exact same place, but it's not the same person, right? That was really excellent, right? Mm-hmm. In many respects. So I started thinking about, and this is the way I tackled the Cisco episode. So thinking about different aspects. So I picked five very different episodes, all of which, rather than relating to one particular theme about her character, like, like you're doing, Jen, thinking about very different aspects of Kira's character. So I, I, I looked at it as five different uh uh, approaching it from five different kind of I think core components of the character. I love that. That's actually I'm a little bit I think in the middle. I'm similar to Carlos yeah. in my in I do have a theme with my five, but it also ties into my uh, my word of determined as well. So so my picks were really driven by what we learned about Kira 
in the episodes that I, that I picked and how we saw her defining herself. And I chose five episodes that were very distinct in showcasing her talents and skills and motivations. And, and each of my hashtags will highlight exactly the, the skill set in the episode that, that led me to pick it. So I really, I love my list. I've been, I could watch these five episodes over and over again. I feel like they're key episodes in, uh, in highlighting her. And then I've got a, a bunch of secondary systems too, because there's so many great ones. And I will say my number one episode totally surprised me. I, when I started doing my list and I couldn't, it just ended up at number one. And I was surprised because it's uh, not one that I would have thought of immediately. Okay, definitely very excited about this conversation and the deep dive that we're going to have on such a great character. Third Ramadaclan, it's time for you to update us on the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. All right, just a, just a quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, each of us will reveal our five-word summary and a hashtag for our top Kira Norris episodes. Then we'll reveal the episode, and then at the end, we'll ask for a few secondary system selections for the picks that just missed our list. And if we end up having any duplicates, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. Okay, Jen, let's start with you. What's your number five pick for your list of top five Kira Norris episodes? I have I have moments within episodes too. Oh, that's perfect. So, that's great. Yeah. So some of these are. I always go back and forth between calling it moments or episodes, yeah, yeah. and so yeah. I get stuck on episodes. Yeah. We flip flop. For a character show, I like the moments because a lot of these you wouldn't really think of as Kara episodes, a lot of my choices. Yeah. Okay, love it. Even the first one here, so stay with me. <laughs> okay. Uh, five words and hashtag. Thinking outside the Denoria spelt. Hashtag, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Season one, episode one, Emissary. Uh-huh. The reason I, there's a lot of great Kara moments in the premiere. Uh, but the one that I wanted to highlight was Kara makes a decision that kind of defines the entire series. Kara is the one who, d- who has the idea to move the station from Bajor to the mouth of the wormhole. And that is just so incredibly huge <laughs> and, 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 uh, it's such an incredibly, uh, incredibly long-term way of thinking about something you know she doesn't care that it's pretty much impossible (laughs) uh you know what i mean but she says this is going to be strategically important you know to the alpha quadrant we need to stake a major needs to stake its claim and we got to do it now she asked chief o'brien is this possible and he's like well you know it maybe take like two months (laughs) on the thrusters we have you know it's not a starship and she says yeah it has to be there tomorrow (laughs) you know make it happen the Cardassians are leaving the position on a course toward the Denorius belt. Mr. O'Brien, what would it take to move this station to the mouth of the wormhole? This isn't a starship, Major. We've got six working thrusters to power us, and that's it. A 160 million kilometer trip would take two months. It has to be there tomorrow. Well, that's not possible, sir. That wormhole might just reshape the future of this entire quadrant. The Bajorans have to stake a claim to it. And and that decision is just is just so huge uh, for the series that it's an it's an amazing first impression of this character. No, it's a fantastic pick. I show I was showing Carlos I had goosebumps. All I think we can go home now. It's like, like, like this, she, she just dropped the mic and we're like, uh, 
Okay. <laughs> Carlos, what's your quick take? Uh, uh, amazing. I mean, I did think about Emissary, but, but not like that. I thought about Emissary just because I think that first, seat, you know, the meeting of Kira and Cisco. So, so I guess you want the office. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And, like, but like, it's funny. I will argue later that I don't think that Kira becomes particularly a strategic thinker until much later. I think she's a very tactical okay. thinker and not a strategic thinker. But I think that maybe you just blew my argument yeah, out of the water. I think that's that's an amazing pick, Jen. I mean, hats off. Com- Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Jen's next pick's going to be move along home. He says, I'm a administrator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. That's, that's awesome. Awesome, Jen. All right, Carlos, what's your uh, number five pick? My number five pick is um, – so my – it's it's this kind of relates to Kira as the lover and the friend. I think that again, you know, obviously, I I I completely I would argue that her her biggest characteristic is that kind of that that Kira as you know the re- the rebel. Um, but really, I think that when you think about her and how she grows over the series, so I want to start off with um, Kira as the lover and the friend. My five words are the most personal of episodes, so that I'll I'll talk about those in a second. And my hashtag is never know how much I love you. Um, talking about season six, episode 20, His Way. Oh, great. And um, so, the reason said, so the reason for the five words, the most personal episodes, is that um, this is, so my, I was just telling Jen and, uh, and Jim here before um, I started that my wife is not a Trekkie at all. Like, not even. She knows more than the average bear just because we've been together for almost 15 years or through by osmosis. She... She she knows a lot, but um, she's not whether a certain. Whether she wants to or not. Yeah, whether she exactly whether she wants to or not, she knows the difference between you know Klingons, Romulans, and and, and Vulcans. But she, um, when we started dating, um, like really early on, she said, you know, I, I I get that you love the Star Trek thing. Show me one episode that you think I'm going to love. Now, my wife loves musicals like more than anything, right? And, um, and she likes old standards and things like that. And so I thought, I have an episode that I'm going to show her. And, this is, and so the first episode I ever watched with my wife was His Way. Um, and so it, it, is, it is, so she, you know, she knows the episode. She, she, you know, she's seen it two or three times over the years. Um, so it's just an episode that, one, kind of relates, uh, it strikes a particular chord with me, no pun intended. But two, I also think that it's a really, really, obviously important moment and an important episode. It's really an Odo episode. Lots of things happen in that episode. Obviously, it's the first appearance of Vic. It's when they first kiss. Um, so there's a lot of firsts that happen to that episode. But I just think that it's, you, you kind of get a very happy Kira at the end of this episode. And you don't think of necessarily Kira. It's not the first thing that you think about. She's not the, the happiest of characters. There's all these scenes when, you know, when Dax and, uh, and I've always loved the dynamic between Dax and, and Kira. Um, where Dax is trying to get her to have fun and she can't relax and call it in hollow suites and things like that. But this is a, a very kind of happy Kira and it's, she's out of her kind of rebellious mode. And I, and I love that kind I love that Kira. So because of that, I, because of the personal connection and because I think it's a particular moment, which by the way, both Renee and Nanat didn't want them to get together, right? right. So very famously, like they thought that it was a really bad idea for the two characters to get together. So despite that, I just, I think that this episode is such a defining moment for the character, but it goes to kind of change her. Like you could, you could argue that there, that there is Kira 
pre-Odo and then Kira post-Odo. And there's a certain element and kind of lightness to the character that comes after her relationship, after she begins, you know, um, uh, dating Odo. So. Yeah, well, that was going to be my comment. It's a great Kira episode, but it's the defining Kira episode because that's where she mm -hmm. ends the series. And, mm -hmm. and I recently just finished my DS9 rewatch, and I forgot... For me, the biggest emotional, and maybe this might come up later, but in in uh, what we leave behind, it's that moment when Odo tells her he's going back. It's not when he goes back. It's yeah. that moment when mm -hmm. she realizes oh, he's leaving, and you can see it, and it's uh, yeah. so hard, and it all starts. It, it all starts his way, and I, I love his way. This yeah, one of those episodes that I've said this before. Actually, I said it. I think on the Holodeck episode we just did that. The Vic Fontaine stuff shouldn't work. Oh, it shouldn't totally work. works. It oh works. my god, it's amazing. Can you so, imagine that pitch? Like, let's know, get a Vegas lot. Like, what? Well, the yeah. pitch was by the showrunner. So yeah, it was yeah, okay. yeah. Jen, how about you? What's your quick yeah. take on his life? Well, there's just really quick. Vic, I love Vic Fontaine too. I'm a big fan, and it's just so funny because the a 1960s, you know, Vegas lounge singer is probably the most 90s thing about Deep Space Nine. No, <laughs> that's what data is most for me. But yeah, yeah, but I love I love his way. Um, I, I I agree with what you say. It's just nice to let Kara have a moment. Yeah, yeah, like um, that. Yeah. I also you brought up Dax and Kara, which I adore their friendship. Yeah. Um, and I love in his way when um that they had that moment. You know, Kara says something like, "Haven't you ever have you ever had a moment of perfect clarity?" And Dax gets this grin on her face because she knows what Kara's talking about, and even if yeah. she's not saying, you know, she's yeah. in love with Odo. And, and I love that that you know they get that moment, like because like you said, Dax is always the one trying to, you know, get her to have fun and pull her out of the shell, and yeah. you know, and, and that that's just a it's a it's a lovely pick, and I love that you have a personal relationship with it with your wife too that's yeah. so nice and, and and it is just jen i mean it's something that we all when we talk about the great star trek friendships you know you talk about mm -hmm. Kirk and spock you talk about the sheer um and miles um uh cisco and dax and things like that but actually the dax kira relationship is so natural uh, yes. and it's so like and you can tell that the actors one just really liked each other right and really mm -hmm. cared for each other and there were friends off screen but their chemistry, like, and there's so many episodes where it's just like tiny little sequences where like Dax is trying to get her to give her some gossip or whatever. And yep. it's so like, it, it's just so nice and effortless. And, and I love that you bring that up because I think that it's, it's one of those great, it's one of those friendships that never makes any, anybody's like top five or top 10 list necessarily, but, but it's wonderful. But it's so wonderful. Yeah. And, and she, I love how she, she, she like she knows exactly how to troll Kara too. Yeah, totally. like, like Jelly, like I can't remember what episode it is, but she uh, talks about how Morn is kind of cute. You know, like the, yeah, the three little hilarious. hairs that come out yeah. of his forehead are yeah, adorable. Yeah. Captain <laughs> Bogey, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Just, just to get the the rise out of Kara, yeah. she knows exactly how to get her. It's just yeah, such, totally. a, such a fun friendship. And you're right, so natural. And I love I love their friendship. Yeah, classic. All right, so my number five pick. I'll start by five words and a hashtag, and then my, again, my hashtags are going to be uh, how I see Kira. Five words, Kira, Dukat, and Dumar fight Klingons. Hashtag resistance fighter. And it is Return to Grace from Deep Space Nine uh, Season 4. I love this episode. I have it ranked pretty high on Trek ranks, like number 39. I, I see it as the, the Kira, Dukat uh, road trip episodes of Season yeah. 4, because yeah. Insurrection and... Yeah. Uh, not insurrection, uh, indiscretion, yeah. and 
Return to Grace kind of are two fun episodes that I love. And so this is Akira as the resistance fighter. And I love that she, this time, I mean, I, th- I like the way the Deep Space Nine writers are toying around with softening Gold Ducat a little bit mm-hmm. in this episode. And I think they were trying to maybe play with a little bit of redemption for him. But every scene in which he's trying to get comfy with Kira, she is not having it. She's so great. She's so consistent on that. She's all business. And I think you just see everything here. Her smarts and this helping to redesign a Klingon freighter to fire these upgraded weapons. She's helping Torres the all learn how to fight and defend herself. She's teaching Dukat some of these early strategies of how he needs to be if he's going to be uh, undertaking this kind of fight with his solo warbird out there or a bird of prey and she's educating Zial too on the fact that her father in his past is uh, not something that she's ever going to be okay with so I just she's the best and and I side note on this episode I always am amazed that you've got the introduction of Damar in this episode mm-hmm. and he's just a background character you know trying to figure stuff out and taking yeah. commands yeah yeah he ends up Leading the Cardassian Rebellion against the Dominion. Yeah. He kills the Yaw, who's in yeah. this episode. It's right. like, ah, so many emotions. Yeah. So I just like the layers of this episode, and I like it. It's a really good microcosm of Kira as a resistance fighter, showcasing her skill sets. Jen, what's your what's your quick take on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I love this episode. Uh, like you said, you know, Kira having to put up with Dukat in these situations, I don't know how she has... The grace herself, you know, return to grace, but she has the grace to, she deals with it with such grace, you know, he, he oh, it, just even having to be in the same room with, with this guy. But um, what I like about this episode, what sticks out to me is that this is kind of the start of, of Kara and Ducat kind of like being, having to be like co-parents together yeah. for Zial, which yeah. is such an, such an interesting dynamic to me. I just love Zial and, and, and her relationship with Kara and, yeah, it's a great pick. Yeah, it's a good point. Carlos. I, 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 yeah, I love Zial too, but it's funny, like, the actress who played Zial in this episode doesn't quite, obviously, you know, this is still a very young kind of Zial. She's just been liberate, like, like yeah. rescued. So, but it, it, I love Zial, but I love Zial in the, in the later incarnation of Zial. I, I feel like, me too. I, you know, I think this character, this particular actress, the, the way she was portrayed was very stoic. And I feel like Zial, to me, I don't think about her like that way. I think about her like much later, like, you know, the, in, in the, the occupation of the stations, the Al, where she's, mm-hmm. she's warm and loving and, you know, the, yes. the, the weird co-parenting, I've never heard it described that way, Jen, uh, <laughs> is dead on and like, you know, but it's, it's um, I think it's a fantastic episode. I love the scene between Zial and Kira where she's teaching, where they're talking about Starfleet phasers versus Cardassian phasers and why you would choose Cardassian phasers because they're, they're not as complicated and over-engineered, so they're not going to, like, break down as easily. Like, there are these moments of your, like, you know, to, to your point about being a microcosm of Kira as a character, I think that episode is an amazing example of, of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, yeah, and, and, and Damar, the introduction to Damar, that's why Deep Space Nine, I think, will always be the best track because they, they do these things that that just pay off. They reward the viewer. And, and Damar is probably one of the top examples of that. He was just mm-hmm. the conman, like literally like the, 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 the tactical officer in the, in the background. It, that, it's amazing how, how that played out. Yeah. I'm trying to remember which actress 
because this wasn't Sia Baton, right? It wasn't the same actress that played her in the first. It, I, I'm pretty sure it was Sia Baton. In, in oh, so she was in the first two. Yeah, she's my favorite. Yeah. I was thinking. Really? Oh, is she really? Yeah. I, although there was one in the middle that. Didn't she come back later as one of the Orion slave girls in that episode of Enterprise? Yes. Yeah, right? Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, yeah she's like randomly is like, y'all. <laughs> It's the one no. of the slave girls in, in, in like 10 years later in an episode yeah, of Enterprise. Yeah, she's in, uh, in Bound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Bound. Well, I know what I'm watching after I get off the phone with you guys. That's your favorite ZL? <laughs> Confirmed. Sia Baton is my favorite ZL. So no. that's okay. Though. I guess but, there's no wrong answer. No, no wrong answer. answer. No, no wrong answer. ZL. R.I.P. Okay, let's go on to round four. <laughs> Jen, what is your number four pick for Kira episode? Okay, number four pick. Never tell her the odds. Hashtag remind me never to play poker with you. Season seven, episode two, Shadows and Symbols. So this is the one where uh, the Romulan Empire pretends to build a hospital on one of the Bajoran moons, but it's re- it really builds a military installation there. And the Federation is too... It, it like doesn't want to offend the Romulans because they have this you know tenuous uh, alliance. Alliance, thank you, alliance with them. And so Kara's like, okay, well, it's, you know, it's up to basically up to me to defend Bajor again. <laughs> so she pl- basically plays a game of chicken with Senator Kretak and fourteen Romulan war- warbirds, and she she builds a blockade and basically just says, you know what, if if you want to build these weapons on a Bajoran moon, you're going to have to go through me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I just love it because she's completely outgunned, you know, still, but still has that, that confidence, that Kira tenacity, uh, that she wins. She, you know, she's fierce and determined. She's yeah. fierce and determined and passionate. <laughs> and, and, uh, but the scene, the scene I really love is, is, you know, she's in her crummy little impulse ship you know, with this little sad little blockade uh, on the comm with, with Senator Kretek and Admiral Ross, you know, saying, I'm going to fire in any ship that tries to cross this block- blockade, even though, you know, even though like 14 warbirds are on their way and she's so confident. She says, she says, end transmission. And then to Odo, she's like, how'd I do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So she really, she, she gets the Romulans, but she also gets Admiral Ross too, yeah. which I love. You could see, you know, he because at, at the end, it, it's him giving in to, to her demands that that force them to pull back. And I just think it's it's just such a wonderful. This is our first time uh, that Colonel Kira yeah. kind of kind of asserts herself. And it's just in such a such an amazing, amazingly Kira way. But we only have a few hours to reach some sort of compromise. After that, people are going to start dying. Now, you can talk about compromise all you want. Any ship attempting to break through that blockade will be fired upon. Colonel, do you seriously believe that your antiquated collection of impulse ships stands a chance against our warbirds? We'll find out soon enough, won't we? End transmission. How'd I do? My camera would have been proud. I love that episode. I'll say this was on my secondary systems and I wrote was my note, which was because I love this episode. I was really close to picking it, which yeah. is just, just in case you forgot what a badass Kira is. Because yes. in this episode, it is, she is such a badass. Carlos, what's your take? One of my favorite things about that episode is 
is kind of the, the love that Odo has for Kira and how much how he's, he's in awe of her at all times and always has been. But I think this is the one time, one of the only times where Odo really in public lays down his guard and is just like, all right, I guess I'm dying with you here. You know, yeah. like it's just such a wonderful little like character moment about his love and how like it's, this is, this is, she's made this decision. She's, you know, she's in charge. There is, there is no doubt that she is going to do this no matter what. And I just love the fact that Odo is just sitting there and be like, yep, if this is how we're <laughs> going to die, I'm so glad to be here with you. Yeah. Uh, just amazing. I wouldn't want it any other way. I figured it'd be an outlier episode. I'm fired up that somebody picked it. It's great. All right, Carlos, how about you? What's your number four pick? My number four pick um, is a little bit more of a moment rather than an episode. Um, And it kind of relates to Kira the Rebel. Um, My five words are, don't effing touch me, fool. Uh, And the hashtag is, uh, because I depend on me. This is season six, episode five, Favor the Bold. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, so like the the six episode arc to retake the station that opens up season six, um, I think are probably my favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine. Especially if you go back to Call to Arms, which I think is probably, arguably, the best Star Trek cliffhanger. And in the, in the like, and well, in the cards, yeah, and in the <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but so I love maybe not cliffhanger, but I think it's my favorite um, uh, season finale. Um, and I love the, these first six episodes of season six. I think every, we all do. But I think this in particular, I feel like she is, she feels frustrated that she can't really go against her government um, and, and try to openly fight the, the, the Dominion and the Cardassians. So she goes back to kind of being that terrorist slash rebel underground and doing whatever she can to kind of, kind of grow distrust among the ranks and, uh, and, and just be a saboteur. And, but what I love about this episode is that this is talking about Damar and Zial. That, that scene where Kira and Zial are speaking in the cargo bay and then Damar comes oh, up yeah. and it goes like talking yes. to Zial and touches Kira and just basically Kira just beats the living hell out of him. <laughs> and, 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 and obviously the wonderful scene afterwards where he like has to show up to the cotton way and he feels like he's all beat up. But that particular moment to me, she's strong enough and she can handle Damar and all of them. You know, she could stand up to the entire Cardassian army and she can be cool under pressure when she needs to be. But kind of that protector, that mother bear, all of a sudden character and, and characteristic of her, of Zial potentially being in danger of doing something she doesn't want to do. And then she just beats the hell out of Damar is fantastic. And it really one kind of, you know, it shows the, the crescendo that, that she's been building up over all those episodes. She can't just take it anymore. And she has to be a rebel. She has to kind of go back to what she knows best. Um, and so I love, I love that episode. I love that arc. But that particular moment to me is one of these defining, like, this is Rebel Kira at her best. I was going to say, and that actually, it's a great Kira episode. Again, it's the buildup of all the plans and everything that they're, uh, they're putting into it. So that's a great, unbelievable moment. Jen, how about you on favorable? Yeah, it, it's a very satisfying moment, yes. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Especially knowing what happens in the next episode Yeah, uh, with Damar and, and Zial. So uh, it's a great pick. I also... <laughs> enjoy- yeah. I know. <laughs> but, but it I wasn't also- your favorite Zial, so it's okay. <laughs> 
it's my favorite Seattle though. <laughs> well, exactly, my favorite team, Jen. We're correct. Right. We're yeah. <laughs> the correct one now. No wrong answers. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I adore that arc too. And and we're actually going to be visiting it that, that a different episode, but the same arc a little bit later. So oh, I'll, save cool. my, I'll save my comments for later. <laughs> All right, then let's close out round four with uh, my pick and my five words and a hashtag. Kira defends Bajor against Bajorans, hashtag freedom fighter. And the episode is Shakar from DF, Deep Space Nine season three. It's uh, another one of my favorite underrated episodes of Trek Mates, number 53. I love this episode. And side note, my good friends over at the Trek Geeks just recently did their see it or skip it on Deep Space Nine season three. And they skipped this episode and I nearly drove off no. the so, oh, it was so frustrating. Like, a, Paul Wraith was released from the fire caves. I was just, like, <laughs> so upset. He's being very animated. Anyway, right I am. That is true. Like, I, I don't even want to look at him. So, I love the location shoot on this episode. I love the political yeah. intrigue and all the machinations going on between Kira and uh, Kai and Shakar and these uh, soil reclamators. And Shakar, by the way, was my number one hottest character. Just, uh, just so, just so we're clear, love that guy. But I think no wrong answers. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Yeah, I, I don't like Shakar that way <laughs> either. Oh, but I don't, you know. But the yeah. Strong silent time. All right, that's a different episode. Yeah. But what I love here about Kira is the way she is such a good friend to Shakar, and I love Pharrell and Lupiza and their whole Shakar resistance cell. Yeah. And the fact that as soon as she realized what's going on with Akai and these reclamators, she's in the fight with them. And they are back to their old ways. And she's leading them and trying to figure out the best strategy. And I love this scene at the end where the other Bajoran leader, that somebody they respect from the from the fight the occupation, yeah. is they've got him in a trap. And they're about to take him out. And they're like, what are we doing? Let's go down there and talk to him. Come up with another angle really good political intrigue and tricks. And, and at the end, when they walk in and basically Shakar is going to become the first minister, I love this episode. It's a, for me, it's a big stepping stone uh, for Deep Space Nine's overall arc. I, I love that. So and I love that just everything you see in Kira and how she's a, a freedom fighter in this episode. So Jen, what's your, what's your take on Shakar? Yeah. I mean, she's back with her family. You know, right. <laughs> doing what they do best. Uh, I, I love this episode. I can't imagine skipping it uh, on, on a rewatch either. Um, but I just love, love, love how much she gets win good in this episode. Because oh, yeah. win is she so sure oh, yes. yeah, that she's going to be the first minister. Right. And, uh, and, and the, the smile on Kira's face when they walk in, you're like, hey, guess guess who's going to run for first minister? <laughs> so, <know>? so sad. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> I mean, if we talk about the, the, the gratifying beating, uh, how gratifying it was to beat up the Mar when when they get anything over Win. I, I mean, I I go down. Win is top three best Star Trek villains. Oh, yes. I mean, oh definitely, yeah, obviously, right? Like she's amazing, and any small victory like that is just unbelievably gratifying. And so I I, I like this episode a lot, and I think. Uh, Shakar is really interesting because if you look at the, her three main relationships, obviously Barile, Shakar, and Odo, th- 
that, like they're very different. Every very single one different. of them is complete. She yeah, doesn't have a type, right? Like, right. like, right. They, like these very different. And I and I like Shakar. Um, and Jen, you know this like this idea of like going back to her family, like that's how she grew up. That was that's that's right. fundamentally Kira. It killed me when they killed off Pharrell and Lucas. Oh yes. In Wrong Starker Than Death. Yeah. I, I just was. Yeah. I couldn't believe they did that. Yeah. Just off screen, Pharrell and Lucas are dead. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. All right, let's move to the soup round, Jen. What's your number three pick? Oh, the soup round. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My five words and a hashtag. Okay. The Alpha Quadrant's best hope. Hashtag, you can take the woman out of the Bajoran uniform, but you can't take Bajor out of the woman. Season seven, episode 21, When It Rains. Oh, interesting. I knew I had to have Commander Kara in here somewhere. Because she's she's arguably, you know, one of the most important figures in Winnie the Dominion War. You know, I mean, if you think about the final battle with the Dominion, they don't win that battle without the Cardassian resistance. And there's no Cardassian resistance without Kira. Yeah, so, uh, yeah it's, it's amazing. Uh, this What I want to highlight here is just a little throwaway line, just a little throwaway scene. Um, this is the beginning. This is the, And when it rains is when... Cisco says, we need Kara, we need you to go teach them how to be resistance fighters. And think about what he's asking them to, to her to do. Not only does she is she does she have to teach her former oppressors the tactics she used to defeat them, which is horrible enough, but then personally she has to work with the man who murdered Zial, you know, someone who she thinks of as like a daughter. And and this is hor- you know, this this is like horrible asking her to go way above and beyond to begin with. But of course, you know, she does it because she's caring. She gets done, you know, but beyond that, then there's even the, the indignity of guess what? They're not going to want to listen to you because you're Bajoran. Right. So we'll put you in a Starfleet uniform. She looks amazing in the Starfleet uniform. (laughs) I love that. But, but for her character, that's, you know, they're kind of like ripping away her identity just so they don't offend the, sensibilities of the butthurt Kardashians who don't you know don't want to take orders from a member of the Bajoran militia you know so the part I want to highlight is um you know she puts on the uniform and Garrick just makes a like a throwaway joke about how oh maybe we could have Dr. Bashir you know change your do something about your nose and she says she says I'm only one to go so far this is how I appeared when I worked for the Cardassians. Ah, well, it should put them at ease anyway. I wonder if Dr. Bashir could help us with that nose of yours. I'm only willing to go so far. Tomorrow's men are just going to have to get used to the idea of having me around. Oh, they'll tolerate you to a point. If I were you, I'd watch my back. And I love that they threw that in there because it's kind of like an, an acknowledgement of how much this really sucks for Kara, yeah. you know, how much she's really given away to do this for the good of the Alpha Quadrant. Um, but it's not going to change who she is. And that little throwaway line, it just always sticks out to me. And I just, I love that moment. Yeah. I, I also think on that moment, like, it's like, you're going to be in a Starfleet uniform. You got to go help the Mar. And you're gonna go with Garrick, like like that's the like that. Yeah, yeah. Piling it on and piling on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that whole that whole arc is amazing. Yeah. And, oh, so um, good. I think that's also one of those times when Kira 
can put and, and this is not the Kira. I don't I don't believe I'd argue that this is not the Kira from the beginning of the series. The Kira from the beginning of the series would have had a harder time putting away her feelings or her, and her convictions for 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 like for the bigger picture, right? Um, I think the Kira here, and this is what I think that her character evolves from being very tactical to being very strategic. I think the character at the very end in this particular episode, um, you know, she's thinking about the strategy. Why does she do this? Because there's a bigger fight here. There's a bigger game and she can put her feelings aside and she's got to help her, you know, the people that basically, you know, that, that ravished her world, that defined her as a person, that killed her parents, that killed her friends. Um, in order to to kind of avoid a larger uh, to defeat a larger evil, and it's 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 a fantastic pick and a fantastic episode. Love it. All right, let's move on to your soup round pick, Carlos. What do you got? Okay, so um, it's this is about kind of Kira the leader, and um, my five words are Cuban Missile Crisis in Space. Hashtag. There's a fire starting in my heart, and it's uh, shadows and symbols. Yeah, season seven. I actually technically I did I did pick shadows and symbols, but I, I in my notes it's I kind of thinking about it as as image in the sand and shadows and symbols because I think that that it's really one story across right. two episodes, right. Right. especially especially that sub B you know B plot. Uh, yeah, I think that on the one hand, I mean, everything that Jen said is correct, and I agree with it completely. I'd just like to add as well that I think that um, this is, there's also, I think, heavy duty foreshadowing in kind of this version of Kira here. You know, there's many months have passed from the death of Jadzia and Cisco leaving the station, and then the beginning of season seven, and she's now a colonel. Um, which behind the scenes, you know, they weren't going to do this. They weren't going to give her a promotion, but but Nanavis were kind of pushed for a promotion, arguing that everybody but her had gotten a promotion. So they give her this promotion. She's now Colonel Kira, but she's Colonel Kira in charge of the station, and she's been in charge of the station for a while. And I think that there is um, a certain, you know, it's just, it's just foreshadowing of what's going to happen at the end of the series in a way that hasn't really happened in any other Star Trek series. And so I think that it's 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 a nice way of kind of showing to the audience like she isn't just a fighter she isn't just a number two she is in her own right as good as a, as, as a star trek captain as those that came before and those that came after and i think it's her as this strong willed leader that her staff and her crew are willing to follow to the end um and it's also how the series ends so i just kind of agree with you, with you everything that you said jen but i think that also just to kind of add that there's a certain dynamic of her as a leader that we see here um, that you probably probably hadn't seen up until this point. This is Colonel Kerr of the Bajoran Militia. Any ship traveling within transporter range of Derna will be considered hostile and fired upon. They're not responding. Care to all Bajoran ships, prepare to engage. Sir, Admiral Ross is asking to speak to you. Put him through. Colonel. I'm appealing to you one last time to end this blockade. Well, you know, I can't do that, Admiral. Be aware that I'm authorized to use whatever force is necessary to see that our medical supplies reach their destination. However, I'm also authorized to seek a negotiated settlement. My government has made its position quite clear. There are to be no negotiations as long as there are Romulan weapons on Derna. 
I love that. And I love your five words and a half day. I knew exactly where you were going with that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Jen, any final thoughts on the shadows and symbols? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I I love the way you look at that with the foreshadowing. I didn't think of it that way, but it, it's so true. And she she's so she's so ready to just command. <laughs> and oh, that's it's just a great episode. I'm glad we I'm glad it got represented since it only made your secondary systems. <laughs> yeah, Jim. It only really made your secondary systems. <laughs> but also like I also by the way, no, if I can just add, if Avery Brooks for whatever reason hadn't come back to the series, right? Not that that obviously that was going to happen, but like if Captain Cisco would have like gone on a mission or like the series would have been fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like no season question. eight. No question. I mean, the, yeah. but that was always the case. Right. Kira was there from day one. No, no, totally. Yeah. But like had season eight, had there been a season eight and let's say that Avery, the character was going to come back, but not for the first half yeah. because he was whatever, doing whatever the prophets do. Like we would have <laughs> had a captain and that captain was going to be, you know, Colonel Kira and all would have been fine. That's fantastic way to look at it. All right, let's close out round three with my number three pick. Five words and a hashtag. Kira keeps ultimate secret from Odo. Hashtag uh, whatever it takes. Necessary evil. Deep Space Nine season two, episode eight, number 33 at Trek Ranks. First of all, I mean, this is just an unbelievably great episode of Trek to begin with. It's Tarok Noor under Cardassian rule. It's the whole film noir style, which is just genius for the storytelling flashbacks. And I, I love that it adds to Trek's kind of ability to kind of tell stories in different genres and, and ways. So having said all that, don't pick in the episode because we're seeing the down and dirty Kira. She's in the middle of the show. She's desperate Kira. And you get to see exactly what her... It's the first time you get to see her as a terrorist. I mean, slash freedom fighter, whatever viewpoint you're taking uh, in these flashbacks. And she is desperate to do whatever it takes to drive oppression from her home. And it's so deep. And the final reveal of this murder mystery episode... And I just remember a gut punch when I realized... Mm -hmm. when, When you realize Odo's figured it out and you're like, what's he... Oh no, Kira murdered this guy. She murdered this guy and never told him about it for five years. And that final scene where he's like, you could have told me. And she's saying, what you think of me matters. And will you ever be able to trust me again? And then they just pan out with a silent head bow. It's spectacular. It tells you everything you need to know about Kira, that she will do whatever it takes. Ah, Fantastic episode. Jen, what's your take on necessary evil yeah this this is a wonderful episode in its own right it, it's it's i think of it more of it as an odo episode but that last scene like you said it's such a gut punch the first time because she she's kind of li- she kind of lied to you too you know what i mean not just yeah. odo yeah when i watched this it, it always kind of surprised me that it was this this only happened five years ago right you know like that's yeah. really not that long ago yeah. and, and and even i mean when we, when the series starts i mean the occupation ended less than a year ago. So yeah. this is all like relatively yeah. fresh stuff. And so she's, you know, obviously got, you know, moved past that, but, oh, it's, it it's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so good. It's like you said, it's only five years and it shows them meet for the yeah. first time. It's really, it's amazing. Yeah. Carlos. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think that it, one, it's, it's an, I love season two of Deep Space Nine. Love it. Uh, I um, I think it's the best sophomore season 
to date. We'll see about Discovery Season 2. Um, but I, I love it. I think that there are so many amazing episodes. But I think I think it's really the last half of Season 2 where it really gets cooking. Except this is very early on in Season 2. And I think that this is one of... I think I mean, this is in my top 20 episodes of Deep Space Nine for yeah. sure. It yeah. looks amazing. Um, it's shot amazing. That last shot that you're referring to where they both are kind of... It's, a, it's that shot and they're both looking at each other and they both bow their heads and then it just kind of fades out. Oh, it's it's so good. as good as, you know, any any shine powerful as any shot on 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 Star Trek. It's just an amazing episode. Incredible. All right, let's move to round two. And Jen, what's your number two pick? My number two pick. You can't bury it, Kara. Hashtag forgive yourself. Season one, episode twelve, Battle Lines. Right. So this is the one where um, where Kaiopaka dies in the Gamma Quadrant, gets you know resurrected by the magical nanites, <laughs> you know, but she has to stay on the planet. And this shows this is the more vulnerable side of Kira. Of Kira, the the moment I I want to highlight in this is is the conversation between Kira and the Kai, where Kira finds herself you know relating to these prisoners locked in this eternal combat and she finally breaks down and gets emotional and has to face everything you know that she's done during the occupation and this feels like her first step towards healing and it's just it's such a beautiful scene acted so well by Kira Kira and the Kai and are both amazing here and it's so vulnerable and raw and it's such a lovely scene and it, it's one of my favorite scenes in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, you, the way you described it was all the things I was going to say that it, it's so emotional, so yeah. so raw and it's one of the best performances. I mean, yeah. Kira, when she's wailing over her body yes. when, she, when she's dying and yeah. when she's coming to, like you said, this uh, acceptance uh, for all her anger, it's so so well done. I'm a huge Kyle Paca fan. Yeah, me too. I not love her. Big, not a big religious guy at all, but <laughs> I really like that character, and I thought it was a really interesting way for them to uh, to handle that and and show growth for Kira. Carlos, you're not a religious guy. You never <laughs> mentioned that. Ooh, not at all. Also, what are you on Enterprise? Focus, focus. <laughs> Carlos, what's you your take on that story? What's your take on uh, Battle I. I I, what's amazing about that episode is that Kayapaka, if you look at the minutes that she's on screen, I bet you it's not more than 20 minutes I in mean, the entire series. Right. She's probably what, like in three, three or four episodes? Three or four, and she's yeah. got a, or a couple of orb. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah a lot of them aren't even her. It's yeah, just the prophet taking her form. Yeah. Let's talk, I mean, that is, that is a character that looms large over Deep Space Nine, looms large over Kira and her direction, and she's barely in that show. And she, it's, 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 amazing. it's amazing, like that character and how it, it the, what's important about that character is obviously that how she impacts Kira, right? But it is, I'm always surprised when anyone mentions Kaiopaka because we all love Kaiopaka, but Kaiopaka looms large and she's probably in the series all of like 17 minutes. Well, part of that is you know, one more, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. right. The, Camille Saviola, the actress, is so good. Yeah. And, oh, she's so good. Yeah. yeah. And, and to, to me, Kaiopaka Kyle is the anti Kai win yeah. in oh, every yeah. way. And uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like she, she represented hope. Yeah. To, to the to the Bajorans, uh, you know, I think Kara says that like she she gave us, ho- ho- you know, just her yeah. very existence, you know, <laughs> kept us hopeful during this horrible occupation. Yeah. And and uh, and uh, just just her loss, like 
like you said, when she's wailing over Kayapaka's yeah. body, like you, you could feel like how just how deep that sorrow went. Oh, the symbol, the symbol of Bajor. That episode aired when I was 10, and I remember <laughs> like watching it live. And, and that impacted me so much because it's also like one of the only, one of the first times that you really see a Trek character like break down like that. Like, like yeah. G, there were moments where death, but like this is, there was a, a spiritual connection, a real like raw emotion connection between the two. And it's just it's a wonderful, a wonderful scene and episode. I was not 10 when that episode aired. But let's <laughs> move on wow. that. Okay. okay. No wrong answers. All right. No wrong answers. <laughs> Carlos, what's your round two pick for top Kira Nerys episode? Okay. So this is Kira as the Liberator. Um, my five words are looks awesome in Starfleet digs. And my hashtag is will you join me in my crusade? Season seven, episode 21. Uh, I, I, I'm only following Jen, I think, from now on, and it's when it rains. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about it, but just to add a couple of little things, I think this episode is, is um, such a highlight of, for, of, of the series as a whole for the character, but also that particular, like, last 10 hours of ES9. It's just, it's phenomenal. Um, again, I think it's an episode where Kira, where you really see her becoming and growing into the character that she will be later on. And I think that, you know, if had the series continued, this is the kind of Kira that we would have gotten this very kind of like, not necessarily elder statesman, that's the wrong way of putting it, but this like person with gravitas that is, is, that is a leader that can kind of change the course of history. And she does. And like, as Jen pointed out, without the, with the, without the Mars resistance, they would never have won. And the only reason that, that the Marxists even stood a chance was because Kira came in there um, and kind of took charge. It's, it's a fantastic episode. Uh, funny, I didn't know this until today. It was directed by Michael Dorn. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, That's uh, awesome. This is an amazing episode. Um, cool. Funny enough that it was directed by Michael Dorn. Um, and I just love the fact that she kind of rises to this challenge, despite the fact that it's the Cardassian, despite the fact that it's Damar despite the fact that she has to go with Garrick. <laughs> you know, like, that was the only story that yeah. telling on Deep Space Nine, you'd be like, wow, what a brilliant yeah. story. Yeah. It's right. It's incredible yeah. how much they yeah. crammed into all of it. Yeah, and, and she just, she puts, again, she puts her feelings aside, which Kira from season one, season two, season three couldn't, would, have, couldn't have done that. Yeah, that's great. Shows, shows her growth. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to my round two pick. And speaking of directors, this, I noticed an odd connection to my previous episode they're written and directed by the same people which i had no idea yeah. so peter allen fields and directed oh. by james l conway on necessary evil and on my number two pick which is five words and a hashtag maritza wants justice for galatep hashtag but receives justice from kira instead it is, of course, Duet, one of the all-time great episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. From season one, my number 10 at Trek Ranks, first season classic that I think everyone knows this, this story. And she, Kira, is driven by so many different emotions in this episode because the first is compassion. When she hears about a victim of Kalinora Syndrome mm-hmm. and she wants to go pay her respects. Then hatred and revenge right away when she realizes there's a Cardassian war criminal on the station. 
then the determination that I've talked about to figure out the truth because she knows something's up here. And then forgiveness at the end when she does find out the truth and she's able to kind of cope with the reality of his situation and then sorrow and anger when he's killed right in front of her after she's been able to forgive him. So this episode is, everyone knows it's, it's powerful storytelling narrative and one of Star Trek's all-time best hours. And I don't know if either one of you have it at your number one, but I love this episode. Carlos, what's your take on Duet? Uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I don't have it as number one. All right. But I fought myself not to put it in my top five because right. I just it, it is in my top five, but I didn't include it because I knew someone else would. Um, always a gamble on Trek uh, Race. Always but, a gamble. Uh, and I guess we did the top five data episodes that did not have measure of a man. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's true. It's true. Kira is my all time favorite Star Trek character. I have a wonderful, beautiful French bulldog uh, named Kira yes. after how the major. Not, how do we not talk about that? I know, it's true. <laughs> and by the way, awesome. Nanab, every time I've, I've tagged Nana Visitor in a couple of pictures of Kira, like my dog, and she always comments and likes it, which oh, is, I just think it's fantastic. But this is the moment where, I mean, I remember, again, being like a kid obsessed with Star Trek um, and watching this episode, and it was just like, like I had never seen a Star Trek episode really like that. Th- th- there are episodes obviously that are um, that deal with comparable themes, but the acting is so raw in this episode. It's just so raw, and it's so you know it's like watching a live wire watching the visitor in this. She's just so electrifying and amazing. Um, and that from that moment on, I was always kind of like. Right. Like I, I was already, I was raised by very strong women. So I was always kind of like, I was, I was, my grandmother and my mother are very, very strong willed. And so like, I was always kind of drawn to the character probably because of that, even as a kid. But I think that this, this was like, just made it for me. And from that moment on, Major Kira has always been my, 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 my favorite character. It was a, it was a breakthrough. It's, it, it went through really new how special yeah. that. No, totally. No, and, and, and also that series and, and yeah, it, it's just, it's, uh, yeah. Jen, how about you? What's your take on duet? Okay, well, I'm also relieved that you picked this one because <laughs> it's not my number one either. One of us. <laughs> you, you know. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those rare episodes that actually deserves all the yeah. all the accolades that it gets. One of the one of the themes that you see throughout Deep Space Nine is is always this idea of of who is a collaborator, defining the collaborator, and who is worthy of forgiveness and who's not thread throughout the entire series. But nowhere, not like you said, the acting, the raw emotional acting just puts this one to the top, top of the list. And and, and another thing I think about, about Kara is, is I don't think she was ever like racist against Cardassians. I I mean, she'd be, I, I've seen her distrustful of Cardassians, but there was never this like, you, you, you never saw her say, like say the word spoonhead or something. You know yeah, what I mean? It wasn't O'Brien. Like it that. wasn't O'Brien. Yeah, it was a, right. O'Brien covered that. You know, but yeah. that was never part of her character. So, th- so this was more subtle than that. You know, this wasn't her getting over uh, racism as much as it was dealing with forgiveness in general right. and who who is worthy of that forgiveness. And yeah. I, I, it's just great. so lovely. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. Yeah. All right, let's go to round one, Jen. What's your what's your top Karen Reese episode? Okay. My top Kara moment within an episode yep. uh, is, um, okay, five words and hashtag. I have to do something. 
hashtag resist season six, episode two rocks and shoals. So Tara's actually barely even the B story in this episode. This is more the more about uh, the, planet, yeah. the planet. Yeah. yeah. But meanwhile, while that's happening, Kara is left, you know, Kara and Odo and Quark are left behind during the Dominion takeover. You know, Bajor has an non-aggression pack with the Dominion and Cisco wants them to stay and wants to keep, he's trying to keep Bajor out of the, the war. And she understands that, but it gets to the point where she just starts feeling uncomfortable about what, what she's doing. And it comes to the head when um, the Vedic that wants to have a protest ends up hanging herself in the promenade. And that would, you know, that scene, um, she says evil must be opposed before yeah. she does it. And in response to that is my favorite Kira speech. So this is Kara after that happens, and she's actually standing in the spot where the Vedic hung herself when she gives a speech about how, you know, she can't believe what she's become. That she's comfortable in the station, you know, eating full meals and sleeping in a comfortable bed while every, other people are fighting for her freedom. She says, she even says, I am a collaborator, Odo. And for her, you know, and when she feels that way, she realizes she ha- that she has to do something and this is when she decides to uh start sabotaging from within the dominion takeover deep space nine and it's just the speech is just so powerful it's yeah. i feel like it's i feel like it's one of the most apt for what's going on right now in 2018 mm-hmm. to me it feels like it's, it's almost like a rallying cry because uh, i know i there are days like that when i feel like like i have to do something like what can i do and I keep going over it and over it in my mind. And I can't believe that, that I stood there, ready to use force to stop a protest against the Dominion, me. When I was in the resistance, I despised people like me. I'm a collaborator, Odo. That's not true. You're doing exactly what Captain Sisko wanted you and the rest of Bajor to do. Remain neutral and stay out of the fighting. We used to have a saying in the Resistance, if you're not fighting them, you're helping them. Half the Alpha Quadrant is out there right now fighting for my freedom, but not me. What am I doing? Eating a full meal every day, sleeping in a soft bed, even write reports for the murderers who run this station. It just really speaks to me. I just adore it. It's a it's a <laughs> great great deep cut pick. I would not have thought of yeah. picking this one for that. And those great scenes where she's riding in the turbo lift and yeah. Yeah. slowly realizing what that yeah. she's coming and she's acclimated yeah. to this and used yeah. to. It. Yeah. It's, oh, I love that, Carlos. Any any thoughts on it? No, I think I think that arc's really important to her. And obviously, I I, I think my number four pick was yeah. um, the same, you know, kind of the, the, towards the end of that same arc. Um, and I think yeah. it's, it's right. I think, I think yeah. but I think the beginning, I think you're right to highlight that, that that beginning because that's the spark, right? She realizes, and for her to call herself a collaborator, that's right. that's, that's, so, that's some deep kind of, maybe hatred is too strong a word, but that's probably one of the worst things that Akira can label anyone, you know? She's, yeah. Yes. And, and to label and to realize that she is collaborating with the enemy. I mean, I, I, I think as well, she's kind of thinking she's following orders from Captain Cisco. she's laying low and waiting for the right time but I love the fact that she manages to kind of up to a point she manages to do both she manages to follow yeah. orders but at the same time 
after that moment that you're that you've talked about jen she then becomes that like okay well how can i follow orders but at the same time stay true to myself and fight yeah awesome that's fantastic well, love that pick great deep cut great pick all right carlos what's your number one pick for kira all, all right so this is all about i think her defining characteristic and so it's kira the resistance fighter uh, my five words are what you think of me and hashtag i'm a survivor i'm gonna make it and it is season two episode eight necessary evil <laughs> i don't know I feel, I feel kind of bad i feel like now i, I the, my last three have been repeats but i i think necessarily necessary evil is you know necessary watching uh for 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 for, for, for any star trek fan um i think it is one it's one of the first times that trek does did noir really well it's Incredible. just that that oh you, could, you could watch that episode on mute you know, and be like, it's just gorgeous. The grays and the and the blue hues and the 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 the, the Cardassian occupation of the way they shoot that is phenomenal. Um, and it's the same sets. They didn't build any new sets. It's a bottle show. It's totally a bottle show, and it's spectacular. Um, I mean, I think we've we've, we've talked about. It. I think that 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 last scene um, schism between the two of them. That that first time you get to see you you really see um, a a difference between the, the not a difference but the first time that a rift is caused between Odo and Kira is just it's an amazing sequence it's an amazing scene that last shot as we said is I think one of the most beautiful shots in all of Star Trek it says no nothing is said yet it speaks volumes right and and that's something that will be carried it obviously doesn't stop their relationship but it's something that they carry with them forever I didn't have a choice I misjudged you, Major. You were a better liar than I gave you credit for. You were working for the Cardassians. I haven't been for more than a year. You've had all that time to tell me the truth. I tried to tell you the truth a hundred times. What you think of me matters a lot. I was afraid that it might affect our friendship. Maybe it doesn't have to. Will you ever be able to trust me in the same way again? I love this Kira because this is a Kira that's that's like all instinct she's angry and and also like is she like a teenager is she 19 or 20 like at this point she has to be oh. that's the other thing is that she's probably like 18 to 21 in this episode right so like you're talking about you know you're talking about somebody who is that young doing that kind of stuff to try to save her people and do and she knows what she's doing is wrong but she but she's gonna do it anyway because it's what it's what it's required of her, and what they need to do. They need to do whatever it takes to kind of to beat the Cardassians. And and I just think that this is one of all those flashbacks of like a young Kira. Um, I think that the this is to me the most raw. This is truly like the embodiment of that resistance fighter because she's not only fighting; she is as good as Garrick at lying. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why she doesn't like Garrick, because I think Garrick really brings out, reminds her of 
the kind of person she had to be. And not only that she had to be, but she was really good at it, right? In those sequences, she's lying to Odo and she knows it. And she is playing Odo until Odo figures it out, right? And she wasn't going to say anything until Odo figures it out. So she was okay with keeping that secret. And so I think that there's a, that, that dynamic that goes up between her and Garrick later on. Um, obviously, Garrick is, is, is Garrick, and my second favorite <laughs> character in all Star Trek. But, uh, but I think that there are elements of, of Garrick that remind Kira of her, the worst of her. And that's the reason why uh, she really... It, it, it's not because she's racist. It's not because he's just a Kardashian. It's because she did things that Garrick also had to do and did. Well, you said, well, whatever it takes. That was my hashtag for that. And I love the all instinct. She is literally yeah. going on all instinct in this. And she's desperate. And it's she's desperate. She's going to do what it takes. So. Yeah. Uh, Jen, any final thoughts yeah. on this, Sarah Evil? No, I, you're right. It's an interesting point about how young she is, too. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, th- I think they talk about that, how even Shakar, you know, even though she's young, Shakar, you know, Shakar still said she could, she could fight. And, yeah. and doing these things, ugh. Um, but I, and I also, I also, I never thought of that connection between Kara and Garrick. And I, I really find that very interesting. That's a, that's a really cool way to look at it. Relationship. All right. Well, let's go into my number one pick and I'm, I'm fired up because you guys, this is a connection to your guys' picks of, uh, of, of when it rains. And it, again, this is an episode that I did not expect to be my number one, but as I was uh, recently going through Deep Space Nine, it jumped out at me and. I have five words in a hashtag. Kira leads Cardassian resistance fight. Hashtag, you heard that right. Except it's tacking into the wind. The episode after yes. When It Rains in season seven. <laughs> Love it. And I picked this one ma- mainly because I t- it's a little bit more of the action terrorist as opposed to the setup of, yeah. uh, of what she's going to be doing and how she's guiding these guys. Yeah. So. Uh, and again, freedom fighter terrorist, whichever side you're on, I guess, dictates how you call her. But I just, this episode has it all. She's pushing past her hatred of the Cardassians that she's literally saving. Mm. That fight against Rusat, who eventually dies. Yeah. She's like, when he's yeah. confronting her in the caves. And then you have this amazing moment where uh, Damar is talking about what kind of people commit these kinds of atrocities. And she's got that, yeah, what kind of people? Right. And then she realizes how oh, stupid right. it was that she yeah. said that. To confront him on that, because he obviously is that kind of person that would commit those atrocities. And it all ends with that really incredibly underrated moment when she... So this is... I love the ending of this. She's consoling Odo, and he's in bad shape, and he's been hiding this from her, but she obviously knew. And he just says, please stay with me. And she holds him as close as she can. And you, that is the moment where, I mean, if you have any doubts about this relationship, yeah. that moment sells it so strong that yeah. she just wants to stay with him and hold him. No, probably angry. I, I hit my true condition. Oh no, I've known all along, but it's not over. Just stay here with me.
this episode has everything for me with Kira, and I I freaking love it. It's number twenty one for me at uh, at Trek Ranks. Uh, Carlos, tacking into the win. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for all the reasons that you said. Um, what episode is it? It's it's not tacking to the win. Is it the next one where they um, they steal the ship? No, that's the one where they steal the ship. This is the one where they steal the ship. All that's going on is they steal the ship. They steal the ship. Because I I love that sequence when they steal the ship. I just, I couldn't remember what episode that was in. But I I feel like all those 10 hours kind of run in, like beautifully run into each other. They do. But that sequence is awesome. When they when they steal the ship and then something is wrong, they need more time. And then Kira puts on, you know, pretends to be the Borda, and uh, just just fantastic. But it is, I think, you know, and Garrick. There's that sequence where Garrick says, "How long did you know?" And he's like, "I love him, Garrick. I've known." You know, yes, the like, moment. Yeah, and she it, realizes I've known the whole time. Yeah, I've been setting it up so they can spend time yeah. alone. Yeah, I think that there's a wonderful Garrick Kira dynamic. And when Damar says. Go. Well, though, when the, when she confronts tomorrow and yes. says how stupid I am, yes. he says, "No, you're not." Yeah, stupid. he needed to hear it. He needed he to, to hear that. that. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's an amazing. No, it's it's moment. it's it is an amazing moment. What kind of state tolerates the murder of innocent women and children? What kind of people give those orders? Yeah, Demar. What kind of people give those orders? a certain romanticism about the past. He could use a dose of cold water. I could have picked a better time. If he's the man to lead a new Cardassia, if he's the man we all hope him to be, and the pain of this news made him more receptive to what you said, not less. And also, I mean, the, Jenny, you brought this up. She looks awesome in a Starfleet uniform. She and does. I don't know, what, like, like, really like, it's not a, it's like, it's just a regular uniform, but she <laughs> rocks it, like, completely. I just think, and, and I don't mean that, like, I mean, she's obviously a very, like, attractive character, all that, but she just, she just looks, like, in command, 100% yes. when she's wearing that thing. And it's just, it's just awesome. Um, yeah, but I think that episode is, all of those episodes are fantastic, but for her character in particular, for her relationship with Odo, her dynamic with Garrick, awesome. Jen, what's your take yeah. on tacking it? No, the- everything you guys say, I, I agree with. It's, it's a wonderful, you know, I, I think that's, I mean, that's a turning point for Damar. If when she, when she says that after he just finds out about his family, that I think, I think something snaps in him. And I think that leads to him turning his weapon on, on his, what's the, the guy's name? Oh, Roussault, you know, and instead of, you know, Kara, I, I think that's, kind of it kind of makes that moment make sense to me yeah and but and i love the uh, of course i love the odo kara stuff i i i like when um she's like if this if this is the last dignity i can give him is to pretend that i don't know he's injured that's what i'm gonna do it and it just shows how much she completely understands odo you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, and it's yeah oh so it's uh, that's a great pick that's a great episode all right let's run through some quick secondary systems picks carlos anything on your list um, so I did have a really like a, a curveball one, uh, probably pun intended here. I was thinking of an episode where we're really uh, we saw a happy Kira. Obviously, 
again, I don't necessarily think those are her, her it's the finding characteristic, but there are these wonderful episodes, particularly later on in the series. Um, and I love the wonderful kind of Kira moments in Take Me Out to the Hall of Suite. Like, I, I mm-hmm. love that episode. It's one of my all-time favorite episodes of Trek. Mine too. Uh, I, but I think that she really gets into it. She gets into, like, the um, uh, the competition element of it. She really is just, she just goes for it in yeah. a way that earlier Kira would never have done it. Like, you know, like that episode where, um, where Dax and her are talking in the Hall of Suite, she goes, I didn't have much... I didn't get an opportunity really to pretend as a child. I don't have much use of an imagination. And here she is like into it with the baseball cap and trying to learn baseball. And it's just like a wonderful side of Kira. So I, I was going to be one of my uh, curveballs, but didn't, uh, didn't obviously go in. I love that. Uh, Jen, how about you? Well, I think it's funny you mentioned that because I was trying to think of fun Kira moments too. Yeah. And uh, I actually came up with, with bada bing, bada bang for that. Uh, oh, because yeah. she gets so into the character of yeah. you know, of distracting Frankie eyes you yeah. know yeah. And, she, and she just looks like she's really enjoying like being the spy like playing the spy yeah. you know and it, and it's funny that we that we picked those holodeck episodes because in contrast to uh episodes earlier when um Dax has to kind of like force her into the uh the hollow suite program with the yeah. spa and, right. and, you know, they try to play uh, Lancelot and Guinevere and that doesn't go right either. And yeah. It, it's so, it's funny that that popped into both of our heads. Right. No, no, I was going to say that that's right. But like, and it's those two episodes are right after each other in season yeah. seven because seasons really, I season six and before that, we, that Kira would never have done any of that. Right. Yeah. Do you have any, anything else on your list? Oh yeah. Well, I kind of want there. Well, there's there's some really good ones that we didn't get to talk about. We didn't uh, talk about um, uh, Covenant, which was yeah. uh, a yeah. Paul Ray's cult, uh, and where she ba- she basically convinces a cult that their leader is lying to them. Like, how hard is that? You know, to do when these people are brainwashed, and she managed to do that. Um, also, the collaborator. Yeah. Well, which which is. I love that one. That one was really a hard cut for me. Uh, I mean, she, I love how she, I mean, she gets under Kai Winskin so bad that Kai Win basically right. says, don't, don't, if you ever talk to me with that kind of disrespect again, you know, <laughs> you're, uh, you know, don't, don't. Kai Win kind of gets the upper hand at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. It turns out it was, yeah. it was uh, Opaka and Barak. It was Opaka. Yeah. yeah. But even then, like, and, and like Kira always has everybody's number. Like she figured it out because she yeah. knew that he wouldn't cover it up, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, I also, okay. One more. I, I want to go to, um, yeah. <laughs> to, but I did want to mention uh, the Bogotan because we haven't talked about uh, Kira Yoshi yet. Yeah. And I, I think that was a major event in her life. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, that she was another thing that she was just kind of thrust into that she, Another thing she had to do, you know what I mean, to oh, protect her her people, and and just at the, the scene at the end with her and Odo again, um, yeah. both going through, you know, he just lost the baby changeling, and she just, you know, had to give Karyoshi to his parents, and and just both, you know, talking about what the feelings of loss that they're experiencing, and it's yeah. such a lovely, lovely. I think that might be my favorite Karen Odo moment, so okay. I wanted to mention that one too. There's that wonderful Dax and her moment in a couple of episodes later when she's describing the joy of Kiryoshi going to visit Kiryoshi, and Dax just goes, "Yeah, probably gas." 
and it's just so good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and then, and then O'Brien walks in, and he's and he agrees with Carrie. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's so cute. He recognized you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. That's a, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great one. I had uh, on mine. I had second skin because it's kind of the anti-Kira yeah. episode. Yeah. Where it's obviously a fun Kira episode, but it's the only episode where you really see her doubting herself, mm-hmm. questioning, mm-hmm. really being confused, and it's kind of hard to watch. But it's a great episode. But also, I mean, you say that, but also she's the one that figured it out as true, soon as she true. realized that he was a dissident. She's like, yeah. "Wait a minute, you're yeah, a dissident." Good point. Yeah. And she and she figures out the scam. And yeah, and I yeah. think she, oh she's so good. She that twenty that twenty minutes before that is so hard. Yeah. Out. It is. It is. All right, then my only other one that I had, I, we, I talked about indiscretion a little bit and shadows and symbols was online, but I love the homecoming and I love it yeah. for the moment at the very beginning when she says this mission can only end in one of two ways. Either we bring Lee Nollis back alive or we don't come back at all. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's so Kira. Yeah, it's really, it it's so Kira. It's so Kira. One of her defining moments. I was, I, you know, funny that you said I was thinking, um, when I was doing quote-unquote research for this, uh, again, on the Uber over here, um, I read that Ron Moore named Starbuck Kara after Kira. Oh, and, I didn't know. And I didn't know that either. And I was like, really? And so I looked it up and like, yep. And in, in several interviews, he talks about how he thought the character of Kira was so... Was, was such an amazing character for him and that he wanted to infuse Starbuck in Battlestar. He wanted it, her to be Kira-esque, and so that he named her Kira because of Kira. That's awesome. Did not know that. I, I, yeah, you know, I didn't know that. Fun fact. All right, well, let's wind it up. So much awesomeness, Kira awesomeness here on Trek Race tonight. Definitely need a regeneration cycle now to recap our picks with a quick statistical analysis. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. All right, let's run through our uh, recap for picks. Jen, run through your uh, top five. Okay, uh, number five was Emissary. Number four, Shadows and Symbols. Number three, When It Rains. Number two, Battle Lines. And number one, Rocks and Shoals. Fantastic list. So you had two from season one, two from season seven, and one from season six. Very interesting. Uh, Carlos, how about you? Uh, my number five pick was His Way from season six. Uh, number four was Favor the Bold. Number three, kind of Image in the Sand and Shadows and Symbols, but really Shadows and Symbols. Two, When It Rains. And last but not least, Necessary Evil. Fantastic. You had two from season six, two from season seven, and one from season two. And I had Return to Grace, Shakar, Necessary Evil, Duet, and Tacking into the Wind. So I had one each from seasons one, two, three, four, and seven. So I kind of spread it around. Overall, the breakdown, nothing from season five. We had five picks from season seven and three from season six. And three from season one and kind of spread it around after that. So... There were two duplicates. So no, three duplicates. Three duplicates. duplicates. Amazing. Oh my God. These episodes are so great. Awesome conversation. But once again, we've entered a temporal causality loop. So before we can depart, it's time to hear from you. The Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop. And I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. This week, we're jumping back to episode 31, our top five hottest characters, part two. 
which is when we broke down our hottest women characters as part of our Pride Month celebration. So as you might expect, we got a ton of great submissions, too many to count, literally. So we got a lot of love for the usual suspects, including Seven of Nine and Yahura and T'Pol. And also a lot of votes for Hoshi Sato from Enterprise and Jayla from Star Trek Beyond. And Kalar got a ton of votes, which was pretty cool. Oh, wow. I, I love Kalar. I love Kalar, yeah. Yeah, right. she's amazing. So I was just going to highlight some of my favorite deep cut picks. <laughs> and one of my favorites was the choice of, oh, it was uh, Joanne Owosakun, the bridge officer from Star Trek Discovery. Who I think we're going to see. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. The whole bridge of the Discovery. I would uh, I would watch just a show, a uh, lower decks version lower decks, of, of that. Totally. I think we're going to see a whole season of them, they're and they're all hot. Like if we're talking about hot. Yeah, they're all very. They're all. They're all incredibly attractive. They're all very attractive. So that pick came in from Angst Happy Dance on Twitter, who is L H A underscore again. But angst, happy, happy dance. All right, we also got a list of three great deep cut TOS picks from Spock's Brain, who is at trim underscore often on Twitter. That's trim often yeah. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> they picked the gorgeous Kalinda from By Any Other Name, Yeoman Barrows from Shoreleave, who's amazing, and Isis in human form, yeah. not black cat form from Assignment Earth. I love those picks. Right. We got another great deep cut pick from Lower Pylon Rick, who is at Trek Fan Rick, one of our former guests here on and Trek. Romulan Night. Spy. That's right, because he you Romulan were on the show together. You guys had oh, that was our was that Cisco? That was our Cisco episode. Yeah, that, that dude literally stole every single <laughs> one of my picks. Points. <laughs> so he submitted a great five words on hashtag summary for Grilka as one of his hottest <laughs> characters. I love it. Hashtag it was romantic reenacting battle of Kamchi hashtag Quark's ex-wife, which if you read really fast is also Quark sex wife. But uh, okay. <laughs> and Rick Palmer at Mr. Imhotop, I-M-H-O-T-O-P. He had the ridiculously great pick of Elizabeth Cutler from season one of Enterprise on his list. That was the only person to wow. Cutler. Love, yeah. love her. And finally, we had one vote for the Enterprise herself. And that came in from Robert at Phil's Stalker. So I wanted to highlight that because that's a that's a commendation for original thinking. But he picked the Enterprise. Well, which one? He didn't say. He didn't say. say. There's a big difference. Let's be honest. Hey, you know what we say in the truck race? If, if your pick results in more picks, yeah. then we support that's it. Fine, so, fine. Fair enough. So Fair that enough. works. All right. One more deep cut shout out to Joshua Zeller at Madcap of Science who picked Captain Picard as one of his hottest female characters Captain Beverly Picard from all good Whoa. things. Whoa. I, Whoa. I love that pick. And I love that alternate future because she's gorgeous. All she, right, great. She does. She's another one that, that captain's uniform just. Oh, ah, totally. So she good. wears that so well. Yeah, she, she, she wears that. Sometimes the uniform kind of wears the character. Yeah. Sometimes when, like, you know, Beverly Picard in charge. That's right. <laughs> all right great picks everywhere and so many of them were more than enough to get us out of this week's temporal causality loop so thanks everyone again for all the amazing responses to trek ranks please keep your lists coming to me at trek ranks we can retweet them but we also want to hear from you so please put together your own list of top five kieran or episodes or moments and give us a call tell us your list 
Call us at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. That's 609-512-LLAP. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are dissecting our top five Romulan episodes. We previously did our top five Klingon episodes back in episode 10. So up next, in episode 34, it's our top five Romulan episodes. So Carlos and Jen, anything jumping out at you guys that you would might immediately include in your Romulan episodes? Is Rick, Rick going to be on that episode? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no <we're laughs> All right, fine, fine. I- I have to. I I was gonna say I have to admit that I'm a big fan of Face of the Enemy. Oh yeah, Um, it's a great film. I really like that one. I'm gonna say that's the only time. Like that's the only good Troy story. Not the only one. Not the only. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's your one? I do love Face of the Enemy. I love Unification One and Two. Of course, yeah, um, good I mean, one. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know, and, and I think that the Romulans are to a degree really well used. Not as not, obviously not, not very much, but I think they're well used in, on DS Nine. I think we talked yeah. about obviously Jen, you and I um, with uh, Shadows and Symbols, but I think um, you know the ridiculous Latin episode that I'm not even going to pretend to say. Uh, yeah, uh-huh, go. Uh-huh. No wrong answers, right? But <laughs> that's, that's a great, great Romulan episode. Uh, you don't get to pick all five. Right, so okay, five. all right. Senator <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kretak is a great character. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Right, I'll, I'll just say this. <laughs> yes. Carlos and Jen, you guys have manipulated the situation. The skill of a Romulan. So before we wrap it up, a huge thank you for our awesome Trek guests. Carlos, Miranda, and Jen Tift. Hope you guys had fun. Any any final Trek thoughts? Uh, no, just thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Uh, talking about amazing character with amazing characters. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Thank that you. Is, that's, really <laughs> that's exactly what happened. No, it is. I think again, uh, this is the third or fourth time I've said it, but I think Kira is not just my favorite character in Trek, but like it's it's I think one of the greatest characters in all science fiction. So just totally it's, agree. It's, it's been a pleasure. Great character and a great episode of Trek Rank. So I just want to thank everyone again for engaging with us here on episode 33 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. I've always found that uh, when people try to convince others of their beliefs, it's because they're really just trying to convince themselves. I know what I believe. And that's what scares me. No offense. Hi there, thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at TrekGeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to 5 The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's TrekGeeks.com and 5 Check them out today.
Our food supplies are running low. We'll have to cut back on rations until we can get a hold of some food replicators. When I spoke to Garrick, I told him to bring some. Federation food replicators? We're in no position to turn down help, no matter where it comes from. Taking help from the Federation is bad enough, but having to take it from that Bajoran terrorist... Kira Nerys has certain skills she's willing to teach us. Skills we need if we're going to defeat the Dominion. 